welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm your host, Contrera. week's episode we have a real treat for you i was able to interview filmmaker producer animator actress all-round theatrical polymath ella greenwood who has already done so much with her career and she's still only 19 she was kind enough to talk me through her short, Forty Roots, and her work on mental health, as well as the film she's currently working on with Bucky Bakray, Self Charm, and the animation that she made through the pandemic called Dreary Days. She really is a master of a variety of crafts and also didn't let her age, her gender, or I suppose her inexperience stop her from doing what she wanted and she has been rewarded because now she has been named in the Forbes 30 under 30 list that came out this year. I bombarded her with questions and she answered all of them and gave us some really good insight into advice for aspiring filmmakers whatever their age, gender, makeup etc. Hopefully you'll enjoy this interview. I certainly did. So here it is, Ella Greenwood. Shall we, shall we start with 40 Roots or should we start with the National Youth Theatre? Are you all right to talk about things like how you got into this industry in the first place? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I always, I always loved films and and theatre and anything to do with sort of acting and performing um and so you know did Saturday classes and I and I signed with an agent at a young age and auditioned and then I did um the National Youth Theatre I think it's 2019 um and yeah like and then I just I just decided that I wanted to to make my own work and to sort of be more actively doing stuff rather than sitting and waiting for auditions and that was the main reason why I started filmmaking. I didn't really feel like I, w- I would fall in love with filmmaking and would enjoy it. I just sort of wanted to be a bit more proactive, really. But I, I just absolutely loved filmmaking and, and directing in particular. That That's now my life. Do you, do you think you're going to focus on that more than acting or do you feel like you'll do both? No, I, I think I would focus on on directing. It's... Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I do love acting, but when I'm on set, like I, I want to, I want to stay as a director. Like I, I don't really have the urge. Like, oh, I wish I was in front of the camera, or I wish I was doing this. It is. I love working with actors, and you know, I think I'd like to think I, I understand them quite well from being one, and um, I just really love working with actors. But as you know, that dynamic of director and actor. I just love your proactive approach. I think that it's really inspiring to people to think even when, you know, you haven't been doing it for that long, you think, well, hang on, time's not going to wait. I need to, I have a vision for something and I want to do it. Is that how 40 Roots came about? Did you, did you know you wanted to talk about mental health in your projects? Yeah, um, so when I decided to do a short, you know, I was thinking I want it to be on something that could potentially help people and that I thought would be 
somewhat important and then because I have experienced with mental health and struggled with my mental health that that also gave me that thought of oh well I should do it on that because I hope that it would help people and also you know it it may be a bit easier to write about because I'm bringing my experiences into it so yeah that's what led to me making faulty roots yeah um is that something you don't mind talking about a bit more did you so you drew from your own personal experience they always say you know write what you know make what you know but um I think when it's something about this such a difficult subject to convey on film did you did did you find it quite therapeutic process did you think you were working through something or did you think actually I want to perfect this and look at this from a different angle instead of your own personal experience otherwise that could have been a documentary and instead obviously this is a work of fiction why did you pick that narrative approach well I I struggled with my mental health when I was a young teen and um I made full truths when I was 18 so there was quite a gap in between sort of me really struggling and me then being okay and being able to to talk about it that I you know yeah I really enjoyed writing the script and a lot of the things that I, I sort of thought about when I was writing, I, I hadn't really, I guess, processed that mm. much. It was more me thinking, oh, actually, yeah, that's how I felt. And that's sort of what I went through. But I just, I love film. And I think it's such an amazing way to kind of share information and experiences. And people can be more receptive to that if it's narrative, because you sort of won't watch a documentary unless you're interested in films and probably more influenced subconsciously rather than consciously about the topic so yeah I also wanted to bring a friendship into it and a story and incorporate that with it. So how did you go about moving from writing something to uh, are you a producer as well or no you directed as well so you're basically the the full gamut on this it's your project. You know I knew that I was going to produce just because I I didn't know any producers. I didn't really know exactly what a producer was. I just thought, well, I'm going to make a film and, you know, do all the steps to get there without sort of that that's what a producer does. So I sort of came on board as producer first and then I decided to write the script because I was looking at working with different writers. Um, and then because I'd done, because I wrote it and produced it, I had such a clear vision in mind that that's when I then decided to direct it too. And it's sort of, just fell into place like that and how did you go about casting was was that something that you were heavily involved in or did you ask for assistance with that so with Faulty Roots um it was just actors that I'd seen before like the amazing actor who plays Zach Sunny Tabo I'd seen his him in a short at the BFI and just thought he was amazing and just pretty much had him in, in mind from the start uh so did you, you did you email him did you just like call him up or something and say oh did you know each other no I I he probably didn't know who I was I knew <laughs> who he was um <laughs> and I, I can't remember I think I found the short films Instagram account and then obviously they tagged him and I found him on Instagram and um, we're similar ages so I just said you know I'd love for you to to consider this project then I got he said great send me the script sent it to my agent oh perfect see it, it you're making it sound quite easy and I know it's not but it definitely sounds like um uh you know no no disrespect I just mean it it, it seems like the connections 
are everything. And how did you meet Sarah, who plays your character's mother as well? So Sarah, I'd done a short with her before. Um, and she played the mum and, and she was great and she was a lovely person to work with. So again, I just, you know, I already had that relationship with her. Yeah, so it sounds like to me it's um if you're going to give any advice, because we always ask people, you know, because people who listen to the podcast might also be thinking of doing the same thing as you, but they might be put off because they think, oh, this looks so difficult. And how did it just happen? And it, it sounds to me that your advice would be along the lines of reach out to people. Don't be afraid um, to just contact people if you think they're right for it. And what's the worst that could happen? Is that have I got the right gist? Yeah, I'm. I'm always like that. I just think, you know, you, you've got to try for stuff because the alternative is just obviously then you're guaranteed that nothing happens. So I don't see why you can't reach out to people and try that. And so many people are willing to help and are willing to give advice and, and to support, you know, upcoming filmmakers and people who want to get involved. And, you know, I think they probably get a lot less requests like that than you'd think because yes. so many people are just like, oh, I can't don't want to you know that it's it's more rare to get that so yeah they're definitely willing to to give advice and support it's so nice to hear positive stories of that so I suppose you have your cast now you have your script you've realized you're a producer without even (laughs) realizing it's happening and you're now going to direct what may I ask about funding because obviously that's another thing that holds people back so with the with the short version of 40 Roots I crowdfund Funded, and that's often the way most people go with shorts and it's sort of with shorts after that I built connections with investors and um went to them first and and said are they interested and there's a range of ways um it, it is hard I don't know anyone who finds you know funding and finance easy it's it's pretty much always going to be a struggle um but yeah, I guess it's it's also just allowing enough time to do that because sometimes, you know, you can talk to someone they can be interested and in, you get a, a reply a month later saying that, yes, they want to be involved or they want to hear more. Like it, it's, it's quite a long time process. Mm. Um, reaching out with investors, and it's, it's pretty much a full-time job. Like there's so much that you need to do. Um, so that's definitely something to think about. Thought it would be nice to do something productive mm-hmm. the most of the time. You know, it's not good for you to mope around all day. I told Kay that you might spend some time with Zach this summer. Zach? Why? I haven't seen him in ages. That would be well awkward. You know, you could hang out for a bit, and I'm sure he'd appreciate your company. It might cheer you up. How ignorant can you get? are there any things that you learned did anything turn out differently to how you expected it to be because when it's your your first time you don't really have much to compare it to except for where you've been on other people's sets Uh, I'm putting you on the spot I don't know I mean even like (laughs) (laughs) there's always stuff that that you learn when you go on set I think you know I don't know what half the equipment is still and and sometimes <laughs> you just hear things that you don't understand it's doing my own film and, and directing uh, everyone was so helpful like the the 
GP sort of said, oh no, this is what, what you need to do. You know, people are there to, to help you learn because you're just, you're not going to know how to do lighting really because I've, I've never done it and that that's not what I'm doing on this film. So, you know, it, it's having the confidence to, to let those people deal with that and and you know making sure you get the right people who can bring your project to life but you can just sort of let them let them do what they're best at and and how did you find the crew actually because I talked about cast then and I, and I completely missed some of the most important people involved in making a short which is all of those behind the scenes were they again people you'd worked with before I always think it's very hard um you know to find a DP because it has to be someone who understands your vision as well as being technically good at what they do yeah um so I've worked with different DPs um I've worked with the same DP on my last two projects but the projects before that were all different DPs and it is just it's hard I guess if you like their show real great but mm-hmm. you know that it, it is because that that's not your film that doesn't correlate with your film so you don't know what they're going to do with your project so then it's just making sure that you you get on with them and you know they respect you and you respect them and that they also understand the script and they understand what the characters are going through and what, you know, what you sort of want to put across with the film. Um, and I've only ever worked with female DPs. So, yeah, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed working with them. And, yeah, the, just the relationship with a DP is so important because often people who don't work in the industry don't even know what DP is or what a cinematographer is or what a director of photography is, but they're such an integral part of of the film that yeah they're so important it's so important to make sure that relationship is is what you want when I made something I thought that's what my job would be as director and then I was like the same as you I mean I don't understand the lenses I don't understand these these different things and yeah. then I realize <laughs> that you don't have to be now some people want to be and there are some famous filmmakers as I'm sure you're aware who like doing both or are um more down the path of being visual and so therefore they want to have that you know symmetrical shot or something coming in and out all these dollies and what have you and then there are others who are like and I think perhaps you're more like this correct me if I'm wrong where you have a gut feeling about the story and the message you're trying to convey and therefore the the DP comes in and says right I I have to visualize what's in your head you don't necessarily have to be the person who's visualizing it they can give you tips or have you thought about it this way I think the collaboration is so important did you did you find that I'm sorry I don't know who your DP was can you let us know he was Ash Lang Wenley and then the my last two projects Smudge Smile and Why Wouldn't I Be I Worked With the Amazing DP Xenia Patricia um and yeah, it definitely, for me, it is that obviously, you know, I, I do look books and I have a rough idea of what I want when you're, you know, you can picture this, well, what part of this do I show and, and what what do I do? And if you have someone that you trust a lot, then you can focus on making sure that you get performance from the actors. And so I just think it's, yeah, it's so important to find someone that, that you trust with and that you're sort of on the same sync with. Yeah. And did you storyboard? You said lookbooks. Do you do you ever draw any of that, or did anybody do that? Did you do a shot list, or? Uh, yeah, we we always do um, shot lists. I storyboarding, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I think for me, like that, just I've never needed to do that for shorts, and it's not 
something it just makes it seem more mechanical almost to me yeah. that I just you know I'm about almost the vision and what's going on in the scene and the feelings rather than individual like this is what we need to show in each sort of space of time in the scene so yeah I haven't done that yet yeah, I suppose it makes sense more to do things for, for a feature, which kind of segues quite nicely into you made this and then it took off and BAFTA and various other people were completely enthralled with it. Were you prepared to have so much success so quickly? Um, <laughs> no, like I, uh, when making Faulty Roots, I didn't think of myself as a filmmaker or anything. It was just an actor trying to make best use of my time and, and to do that so I never imagined that I'd be in the position that I am now but I just think you know mental so many people have had experience with mental health and you know are, are currently struggling or, or going through something that that's helped because I really do want to speak openly about mental health and to share those different stories and to connect with people that are also passionate about it and that's you know what's been so lovely about it finding that and seeing that people do want those conversations told and those stories shared yeah I am um, I think from what I've seen because I haven't seen the whole thing it it looks quite moving and it also looks very real and I think that's probably something that a lot of people have um that felt that they they understand it more than a lot of films where it feels like someone is dictating to them about something to do with their mental health when in fact this feels more like a lived-in experience have you had feedback from anybody who um has had their own struggles when they've seen the film yeah I had some wonderful reviews when I first sort of started sharing it of people who yeah weren't you know weren't really similar to me in age or where they're from or, or gender or ethnicity or anything like that but who could still relate to this teenage girl thing that you do often feel like you're alone in what you're going through so that's why film such an amazing way to to sort of say that they're not there's probably a lot more people who understand how you're feeling absolutely and now you've mentioned age, maybe we can talk about that now. So uh, it's always hard when I wanted to talk to you, I thought, well, Ella, I want to talk about this because you might be a bit sick by now of people saying, oh, but you're so young to have done all of this. And I think that um, it, it can be a blessing and a curse to be so successful younger. Do, do, do you feel like people talk about your age? Like I'm mentioning it now. Is, is that a bad thing? Does it annoy you or is it something that you think that it doesn't bother you, you can champion? It, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, you know, so far anyway, I focus on stories about young people and their experiences. And so I'm a young person and, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm best able to do that. Uh, and lucky like the executives that, I, that I'm working on with the feature version of Faulty Roots, you know, they said that to me that obviously, you are young but it, it's a story about a young person's experience of mental health so you know that that's what qualifies you to tell the story uh, because you know I'm a young person who's experienced uh, struggling with their mental health so no you know I'm, I'm yeah it doesn't bother me at all like that that's what I want to focus on and I really want to try and tell and represent young people and what they're going through and because something that's so brought up is that young people's mental health is not taken seriously you know it, mm -hmm. I was told it's sort of 
know, are you, are you, have you fallen out with friends? Are you stressed about <laughs> exams? Are you, it's just, it's just part of growing up. Like, like it is part of being a teenage, but it, you know, a mental illness is an illness and it, it's not. So people take it a bit more seriously. Yeah. I think, um, I was going to ask whether you maybe felt patronized um, and you kind of answered the question there because I can imagine that, um, yeah, that's a common thread, isn't it? We see it in movies, we see it in real life, we see it in soaps. There's always the idea of the um, highly strung teenage girl who is just over-emotional and she's causing her own problems. Um, Or the other side, which is the depressed, down, can't get out of bed. Either way, it's always seen as the girl's problem and something to do with puberty. And I just feel like there's this patronizing take on things that you seem to have just swum right through because you're saying, I'm the one who's had these problems, but I want to put it in a fictional sense to help other people. And exactly what you just said, you are the absolute best person to tell that story. So you haven't had anybody come up against you because of your age and your relative inexperience yeah you know maybe indirectly said no but nothing that I've experienced uh, where someone has literally sort of said that so no yeah well that's really positive to hear in 2020 because I just think that you know we've been fighting so long for more women to tell their stories and it's just really hopeful to hear that you're you don't seem to be getting pressured by anybody yet I might change with the feature I don't know if things are different there I was wondering if you have any advice to give anyone in your position and they don't have to be you know in in their teenage years when they're making a film but I suppose particularly women were always aiming to help yeah something that I always notice and that you sort of the the more you work and the more people you work with you notice that women do tend to wait until they feel like they're so much more experienced to sort of to go for things um and you'd get so many more males who you know don't don't have that they they just go for things they put themselves out there whereas I I sort of do feel that that women feel like oh but I, I don't have experience with that so you know, I don't think maybe I, I can apply for that or maybe I, I don't think that I can do that. So it's just having the confidence in yourself. Like, you know, you don't, in the film industry, like you don't, I'm not qualified. Like <laughs> I haven't studied anywhere. I don't have a degree. Like I don't have, you know, all of these things that you could sort of think would you'd put on your CV, but I just mm. wanted to make a film and I, and I was passionate about Orson. Well, that's really inspirational. I think the the fact that you are here doing what you're doing is in itself breaking boundaries, which some people didn't even know there were walls there that needed to be broken. And and now you've had the success. Is it okay if we talk about Forbes? I think it's amazing. Congratulations. How did you find out about being named in the 30 under 30? They'd identified me as a potential candidate and wanted to know a lot more about me and my company and so I I sent all the information and didn't hear back for a while I sort of said it sent an email just saying like will we hear back either way um and they said everyone who gets on the list will be notified uh by email and on the morning of the list being released and and I remember it got to that morning and I saw on Twitter that the list had been released and I, and I hadn't got an email so I was like oh, oh no not this time, you know. <laughs> and then I just scrolled 
I, I saw that I was on there and I wasn't expecting it at all. So I'd applied for some funding for, for, for a project and it got rejected. So I'd had that rejection email. Oh no. And then I thought, you know, I, I rejected from the list too. And, and then I wasn't. So, but that kind of sums it up, you know, rejection and exception within the space of five minutes <laughs> yeah that I think that's the industry in a whole that's a perfect nugget there and um, it, it might be a bit too early to say so forgive me for asking this but do you do you think there's going to be a change now do you think next time you ask for some funding someone will say ah I know her yes 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 because I think that's part of the reason for these lists is to obviously you know give people more prominence yeah I think it it helps because with mental health, like uh, with various projects, sort of have been in touch with people who maybe don't always invest in film or they're in mental health and they invest in mental health, but not specifically for film. It's more maybe charities and stuff like that. But film is such an amazing way to still have an impact and having this yeah. just helps on that business side of things that, you know, even if you're not in the film industry that you know that they can recognize that and they can recognize the work that I'm, I'm trying to do with my company um, rather than just as a filmmaker so yeah I'm, I'm definitely hoping so anyway. <laughs> so do you want to talk more about your company then so it sounds like your your, uh, your projects are, are wider than just film but I, I don't think I know enough about that so let, let me know what your goals are if you don't mind. Yeah so with my company Broken Flames um, you know we, we focus on mental health uh, and on mental health films and different just ways that we can put that across. Um, my second short that I did was an animation because I wanted to try and, it's called Dreary Days, I wanted to try and introduce it to such a young audience in a new way. Um, and yeah, like I work with the, the amazing charity STEM4 um, and they, they've supported uh, Smudge Smile, so we want to be able to promote with them their resources with the film so that people can have something to access if they are struggling and it's just yeah about there are so many amazing companies and organizations that do want to support mental health either they're entirely mental health focused or just you know want to support that so it's about also working with them and seeing what we can do to to sort of change the representation of mental health in the wider media not just films as a such just the media in whole it feels like a lot to take on. Yeah, um, I have. So like with the my first project, it was literally me with Faulty Roots. You know, I did cool. everything. Um, just did all the catering, the production design, the costumes, the the casting, the uh, literally everything. And it was so intense. Mm. And then to go to this project and I had two amazing assistant producers and we had a catering company and we had a production designer and a costume designer and you know all those roles are now filled with other people and and yeah and that's wonderful because it's it's lovely working with other people and to see their take on on the story and what they think of the characters and to really collaborate with them and yeah I absolutely love that like it was lovely working with so many people. Thanks for reminding me how did you find the difference between that I, I don't know anything about making anything with animation um uh, I just think already that's just so cool to just go completely to an, uh, another medium and genre do you design or did you have someone else sorry I'm so ignorant <laughs> how it works no I I animated um and 
it was just so interesting because I did just want to do something completely different and I just mm. thought what can I do and how can I you know I want to do sort of about mental health too but I want it to be very different and I love animation for that because you know when often when I'm writing I'm like oh I can't write that because it would just be too much too expensive to film it would take too much time but with animation you can just write whatever you want uh and to be able to do that and do whatever you want I think is so exciting and for me like some of my favorite films are animations like one of my favorite films ever is Inside Out uh the, the mm -hmm. Disney film because I love the way it, it sort of approaches mental health and who you are and like a, my favorite character is sadness and that's well, sort of the first time that I was like oh you know I love this part of me like it is true the the sadness and the happiness are both important I think inside out sounds incredibly on brand for you actually <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all that you'd love that movie and I think that um that's another movie that really, really helped people. Um, what's the character called? Is it uh, Bing Bong, the, the childhood um, clown? Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah, Bing Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I cried my eyes out when I watched yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the future. Okay. And then, I'm going to... <laughs> Well, I will just do my makeup. Sorry, I guess. I don't really have stuff. For your colour, because I never get white clients. Moving now to, you've talked a little bit about what, what you're currently doing. What, what are your longer term goals? What, what How's the future looking for you now? Um, Still, I mean, I love shorts. I love working on projects with different actors and different themes in a different situation. And I think they are just amazing ways to, to yeah, put experiences across and to tell stories. And, and they're such, yeah, amazing ways to do that in a, in a short space of time. So I always want to be doing shorts. Um, and I've got some more lined up and, and then, yeah, obviously the, 40, the feature version of 40 Roots. And then I watch so much TV. Like I, I watch a lot more TV than film, to be honest, that I, I would absolutely love to, to do something in, in TV too. Oh, so tell us what you're watching then. We need to know. What, what are your faves at the moment? Well, I've been binge watching New Girl and The Office, the US one, because I've just, I've never watched them. They've been recommended to me throughout my whole life. And for some reason, I just, yeah, I never put them on, but I started watching them both and they've kept me going recently. I think I'm on getting towards the ends of them, but I just, yeah, I love them. I love comedy and I love all of that. And then I've recently been watching Line of Duty, which is, great you know ripping the nation them, yeah it's also amazing <laughs> yes <laughs> um so um so you like comedy is that something you could move more into because obviously with work on mental health and talking about inside out and talking about your own work that there, there's always the dramatic edge but I suppose it's also ripe for comedy as long as you tell it in the right way but I feel like comedy is very difficult how do you feel is that something you'd want to explore more Yeah, definitely. Um, Smudge Smile is a dramedy, uh, and even with self-harm, it's about a very, you know, it's about self-harm, and it's a 
very serious subject but there's still humor in it and I you know I know it's my film but it you know the bookie Becky the lead actress is incredible and she still is able to to bring that humor to it and so yeah I think even they were still trying to find that light and you can you know still trying to find that laughter and I would love to try and do a comedy I think it'd be really hard like <laughs> it's probably harder than doing a, a drama but definitely I feel so personally, but I think you're right. You're always looking at the kind of perhaps black humoured, but the the upside of the downside. So I think, yeah, I think that's something you could definitely do. And you've watched lots of New Girl in the Office. So you've got plenty of inspiration. <laughs> um, how is Bucky doing as well? Because that's another person who has recently been awarded. It must be amazing for you both. Yeah, I'm so pleased for her. I I saw her in Rocks just I think it was over two years ago I think even a year before it came out and I just I knew that she she just had that something there was something so incredible about her that she was just done you know I feel really fortunate that I was able to to make that happen and she's just she's such an intelligent person like we did a few interviews recently and I could have just listen to her talk all day and she's also so kind and wonderful that it it really is so deserved it's so unbelievably deserved and yeah I'm just really really happy for her oh that's good well congratulations to you both well I think we've kind of talked about everything with you now and thank you very much for your time I was thinking maybe now we can talk about <laughs> the, the complete like skew and direction um we were obviously uh, uh emailing before this and talking off mic about horror so I think that's something we haven't talked about yet do, uh, do you want to talk a bit more about your love of horror yeah I just I love horror films <laughs> like I've loved them from a from a really young age I just think you know if I'm scrolling on Netflix say that I choose any horror film and great whereas if it's a drama I'd probably take an hour trying to choose trying <laughs> to choose one whereas if it's horror I'm there like I'll probably just you know and I just think I love the way it really builds an atmosphere and those ones that make you so tense and you don't know what's going to happen like that that's so amazing that a film can do that so and also tv series like I absolutely love the haunting of hill house that was one of my favorite series ever I particularly like the first one I didn't get so on so well with the second season but the first one yeah I, yeah because it was so emotional as well as so scary <laughs> And that, that that combination I don't think all horror yeah. films always have my favorites do like something like the Babadook I'm guessing that might be one you like as well and I mean my favorite director is Mike Flanagan who did Haunting of Hill House because my favorite I didn't realize that my favorite horrors were made by him until I sort of searched <laughs> about Haunting of Hill House like I love Hush and I love Oculus because they're ones you know Hush is so tense I've never felt so tense watching mm -hmm. a film and Oculus is one that really plays with your mind and I love that like I think he just must be such a genius to to be able to do that I think he is yeah something special um any others like do you like any classic ones or because it sounds like you're I, I wouldn't do this the difference between you and I is that I don't think I could just pick up any horror because I'd be so worried about the gore I'm not particularly good with that I like the psychological aspect which it sounds like you like too have you um yeah. any classics you like or are you more into the newer ones have you got any other recommendations apart from Mike Flanagan which is obviously a great recommendation 
I don't know. For me, like I watched all the Alfred Hitchcock ones and I just didn't find them scary <laughs> at all. Um, or, you know, it's more watching a normal film mm. rather than um, anything else. So I, I can't say that I've sort of come across any old ones. Have that, you seen this? Have you seen the film? Um, no, I haven't actually. That's my recommendation. See what you think of it. I think it's definitely got some horror elements, but it's also got the mind trick. Um, it's all guys though, so it goes oh. completely against the podcast, um, which will, will steer <laughs> me into now asking about uh, women on film and behind the camera. Do you have any favourites, either performances or directors or films where you feel like um, there's a really strong female element? Anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I love Rocks. Uh, yes. Rocks was incredible with uh, a key female crew and cast. Um, and I saw a film called Herself, which was at Me London too. Film Festival. And mm. I loved it. I love. I really did love that film. I think it's amazing. Um, one of my favourite films, it's not a female director, but I love the lead actress's Eighth Grade, um, which it's really interesting. I just feel like he did, you know, even though he is, uh, a white like I think he's about 30 like or now he captured the teenage <laughs> yeah he captured the teenage girl experience so well um there's just so much with that and it's also to do with the lead actress Elsie Fisher who's amazing yeah their, their relationship I think is what makes that I think I think it's perfectly fine to have a male director and producer of your films if they're really listening particularly in a film like eighth grade if they're really listening to their lead um yeah I think the problem sometimes are where the the male director is telling the female actress how they think their story should be and the kind of um quasi-documentary is uh, uh what's it cinema verite way of doing things was really great in that film and she was so compelling to watch I know what you mean uh, sometimes it doesn't matter whether the film is passing the Bechdel test or, or doing anything else um like that if you have this amazing central female performance like that just excites me so much um do you have any thoughts on the Bechdel test or or any other tests is there anything you think about when you're making your own projects uh I mean you know all like all my crews have been predominantly female and and that's just something I'm drawn to anyway like I I don't know I just tend to like even with I was talking to my producer the other day and she did quite a bit of the hiring for this one she said I was just you know I was just sort of drawn to to female candidates even if I didn't know they were female <laughs> male it's just something about the way they put themselves across um and I do think that's the same I mean I always would have at least majority female crew but yeah that's something that I'm just drawn to anyway despite the fact that I think it's it needs to be it needs to be done um and then, yeah, like with my project so far, the, the last one I shot, that was the first time I had a, a it was about a male lead. Um, but even still, there's great female characters, I'd like to think. And I think as well, the way you seem to be making projects is diversity is a big thing. Obviously, you know, race as, as well as gender. And I think that that has got to be commended too. I'm guessing that's something else you think about. Yeah, it definitely is. Um especially you know I want to share as everyone has experience with mental health like, I want to share those different experiences it's just it's so nice to see it happening and I think that long may it continue with your work yeah you've answered so many of my questions thank you so <laughs> diligently 
Um, and I really appreciate it. I think listeners are, they always seem to be looking for kind of tips, but also like validation that what they're doing, they should continue. Is there any like last guidance you can give to anybody who wants to follow your career path? Because it's already an amazing career path. Thank you. Uh, I guess if you're, you know, if you want to write or direct, so you, you have to find projects that you're passionate about because so much of the time, like it can take over your life. Um, and it, it's that passion that keeps you going. And I think it's that passion that perhaps stands out and is, yeah, you know, it can be really stressful, overwhelming and rejection. There's a lot of rejection, you know, more than the average career really, because yeah it's just constant and it's all different forms it could be film festivals it could be funding it could be cast it could be all of these different things that you you have to have that passion for it otherwise it will it can get rather intense at times yeah definitely passion and don't give up and remember on the day you get a no yeah. for funding you get a 30 <laughs> award it's just crazy isn't it <laughs> oh ella thank you very much for your time um I think that's it. it. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say? Any anything else you want to plug or what have you? I don't think so. I loved all of those questions. They were really great. Have you have you got a lot of things lined up now? A lot of people wanting to talk to you. Yeah, I've got. I need to like a few of my projects are in post. There's a lot I need to do with that. This, you know, the music go of the grade, and then been sent a few scripts actually recently. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading them and you know meeting with those different people and yeah, just lining up some more stuff and finishing the rest and that sort of thing. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of projects in different stages which I love. Yeah, it's nice to have the juggle, although I suppose you don't want it to be overwhelming. I didn't ask you anything about COVID as well. Did you find any differences with anything because of coronavirus? I mean, I made the animation at the start and I was able to do that because it was just me. Uh, so that was quite lucky. And then I went into development of Faulty Roots and that was writing the script and, and meeting people and just really developing it. And then by the time I was ready to shoot again, filming was allowed to take place oh that's good to hear that it's not too bad thank you thanks so much congratulations you've made it through to the end of the podcast again ella was wonderful hopefully the sound was okay for the majority of that um for zoom it was pretty good i'd say and if you want to read more about ella's works and watch them then i'll put some details in the show notes but other than that thank you so much for listening until next time see ya